My name is Mikael Kubimana and I came to London on the 8th of August 2022. Je m'appelle Mikael Kubimana et je suis arrivé à Londres le 8 août 2022. I moved here a year ago with my husband and my two daughters from Singapore. I'm originally from Rwanda. I'm actually Rwandan. My husband is half Italian, half Burundian. So my daughters have three nationalities. <laughs> Where were you born? I was born in Kinshasa in uh, Congo, DRCA. My parents are both from Rwanda. They were born in Rwanda, but they went into exile. My dad left Rwanda in 1962 because there was the first genocide there. My mom left in 65, I think. And then they traveled the world as well. They were in Burundi, they went to Switzerland for studies. They went back to Rwanda a little bit and then they went to Congo. And then we stayed there until I was about 13. Then there was a war in Kinshasa and we moved from there. We went to Burundi, my siblings and I. Then there was a war in Burundi <laughs> when I was 15. We moved back to Congo. And then in 94, after the genocide was ended in Rwanda, my parents moved everybody to Rwanda. And then went to university in South Africa for four years. I was in and out of Rwanda, obviously, holidays and not. Worked for a couple of years, then I went for a master's in Italy. I met my husband there, who was living there at the time. And then we got married, moved to uh, Dubai, Singapore, and then we are here. What do you remember of it? Kinshasa, that was my, my first 13 years. Big city, but chaotic. Dirty, <laughs> uh, crazy. People are very uh, joyful, a lot of music, good food, but it, it's a bit chaotic. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a few local languages. In Kinshasa is uh, Lingala, which is actually, I speak it fluently because I mean, everybody around you spoke Lingala and then education was in French because it's an old uh, Belgian colony. So it's, it's French, administration and schools so were all in French. Rwanda is bilingual now, so it's English and French. Tell me about your journey over here. For me, it's quite easy. My family is in the coffee sector in Rwanda. So we have coffee plantations and a washing station all. And I've always had a, carried a coffee brand with me. So I set it up in Dubai, Singapore, and here as well. So for me, I would say I'm more, I can travel easily. Who did you travel here with? We always had this idea to travel with our children, visit the world. They've lived in Europe, Africa, Asia, now here. So. Now we, we want to settle here because our first one is 15 and uh, I think it's, it's enough for her to... Yeah. She, she wants to settle and finish school in one place. <laughs> and, and London is great for, I mean in the UK in general, it's it great for education and she wants to go to university here, so it was a great choice. The company he worked for actually had asked him to go back to Italy, to the HQ in, uh, in Italy, but we didn't want to. We didn't want to because um, he comes from Florence, a small city, it's beautiful. Very touristy, beautiful, but it's a small city and uh, we didn't want our daughters to go to school there. They're very open-minded, obviously, after traveling around the world. My daughters are Italian, obviously, but they're citizens of the world. I, I didn't want them to, to go back to a small city, very only speak Italian all day long and school, international schools are not that great. There's just a few. And by the way, they are, they are, they are actually, uh, the education is bilingual. So they've always been in bilingual schools, English and French. And there was no option for that in Italy. We even looked into going to Milan or Rome, but it was, they would lose one of the two. We like London, it's cosmopolitan. There's people from everywhere. I'll tell you a funny uh, joke, because before you were in Singapore, 
And the first thing our daughter, one of my daughters said when we moved here, first day of school, she came back home, she said, Mommy, I'm no longer the, the only black kid in, in school. Oh, wow. And before that was Dubai, so the same thing. <laughs> it's beautiful in a way, but I'm actually happy that here she doesn't, she, she, she tells me often, Mommy, people don't look at me in the, in the streets because I'm normal. Whereas in, in, in Singapore, you could imagine, people would like, look at her, can I touch your hair? Is it different? Uh, you know, again, the girls are very open-minded and they get it. But here, they just feel more accepted. It's just, they don't even need to tell people where they come from. What's your biggest memory of Rwanda? I go back to August 94, right, two months after the, the genocide was ended. Uh, it's not a beautiful story to tell, so there are still cops on the streets. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't the best place for a child to be at, and that's why I went to boarding school after that. But uh, what I can tell you about Rwanda now, it's, uh, it's just amazing. Where we come from and where we are now, it's just, I, I wouldn't even know how to be in words. I always tell people, you just have to go there <laughs> and see for yourself. I mean, it's the cleanest country in, in Africa, number six in the world. It's compared to Singapore and Switzerland. Oh yeah, plastic free country, people are nice. The weather is great, obviously. <laughs> Corruption almost zero, if not zero. It's, um, yeah, it's facts. The economy is one of the fastest in the world. I think it's number three. And easiest to do business in is number two, I think. I mean, all these things are wonderful. But uh, it's, it's amazing because I saw it in 94 and I see it now. I go back to Rwanda two or three times a year. I'm blown away every time I go. For my daughters, that's all they know. So for them, they're like, okay. <laughs> it's normal, but it's not. We come from very far. <laughs> is there something you really miss from your home country that you don't have here? My parents. Yeah. My parents, because um, again, I told you we have a coffee plantation in, in Rwanda, in the, in the western part of Rwanda. And that's actually in a village where my dad was born. But then he, he left in 62 because his dad was killed and back and forth. So when he moved back to Rwanda, he went back to that village and he started a coffee plantation because he wanted to work with the community, rebuilding the area and all. And for me, it's, yeah, it, it's, it, it's everything. Like, when I go to Rwanda, that's where I go, because that's home. Even if people tell me, but you were born in, in, in Congo and you traveled the world, you've lived, actually, when I look at it, I've lived the, le the, the, the least time in Rwanda, my whole life, in 45 years, if I put all, all the years together. But when people tell me, where's home, it's Rwanda because my parents are there because we built something there and we know it's gonna stay there it's home i held my first random passport when i was uh, 16. i was going before that so yeah were you expecting anything from london before you arrived well it wasn't the first time i came on holiday we came on holiday christmas holiday my daughters really wanted to see snow we didn't snow they are disappointed <laughs> very disappointed <laughs> 10 days that there's no snow <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but it was great. We had, we had family here. The girls were young enough to enjoy the winter wonderland and all the attractions that are here during Christmas. But we had no idea we were going to move here. But again, when we were in Singapore and we were given the choice to move to uh, back to Italy, it was a no, a no for us. Big no. We wanted to leave Singapore because we had been there during the last two years of COVID which was horrible because we were locked in that island. I mean, Singapore is beautiful. I mean, it, it is beautiful, but it's tiny. So you live there for two years and you can't move. 
Um, you can literally visit the, the whole island in, in less than an hour. So, and for us, with family in Rwanda and Italy, it was a nightmare. So we really wanted to move. Uh, the girls, we knew they were not going to go to university there anyway. And they're at an age where we really want them to settle. We looked at all the offices my husband's company has in Europe. London was our choice. Like, okay, we don't want to go to Italy, we don't want to go to, go to Germany. <laughs> that was perfect. Can you remember your first day in London? <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> when we moved here, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when we moved here, we were in a, in a, um, Earl's Court. Yeah, it was a, yeah, they, they gave us a one month there while we were looking for a place to stay. <laughs> it was, in August, there was the, the carnival, how do you call it? And we saw all these crazy people on the tube and my girls were like, oh my God, this is madness. <laughs> they came from Singapore where everything is uh, very... <laughs> Structured, there's no crazy people on the road coming to the carnival. Well, we were in Earl's Court, so people on the tube and everywhere. It was, uh, but it was interesting, it was really interesting. Uh, we were looking for a place, so that was a bit stressful. Trying to find, we wanted a house, we wanted the, to be near, we knew where the school was because I mean, there's no not many bilingual French English schools in, in London. There was one in one, that's where they go. So we didn't want to go too far from the school because the girls were not used to taking the. Public transport. Uh, we visited Wembley. We were like, no, not at all. <laughs> Actually, one of our daughters started crying, like, oh, I don't want to live here. Like, okay, no, we're trying to make it easy for you guys, but no, we won't stay here. <laughs> then we wanted a house, we didn't want a, a flat. Then we looked at Stanmore and we fell in love because it's green. I mean, we were in Singapore and we're from Africa, so for us, green is very important. Uh, we fell in love with uh, Stanmore, we visited a few houses, the one we saw were like this, and we signed the contract the following day, so yeah, it was really, it was nice and fast. But that was after two and a half weeks of looking around. How does London compare to Singapore? It's huge. <laughs> it is big. I mean, I haven't visited all of London and I've been here a year and a, almost a year and a half. It's, it's big, it's cosmopolitan. There's nothing that I really miss from home. Whether it's food, it's music, it's friends, things to do, there's plenty to do. Yeah, I would say that, that, that that's the major. Singapore is tiny. 99% of people are Asian, so not very open-minded, especially when you meet Africans. Actually, in Singapore, there was a WhatsApp group for all the Africans on the, on the island. There's less than 300 people. <laughs> That's how that's how small it is. How small the community is. Yeah, we were five randoms. My daughter's included. <laughs> but uh, Rwanda, how would you? I wouldn't even compare it. Again, Rwanda is home. So anything I'll tell you, we're biased. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I can compare. Uh, I can speak my home language. I know. 30% of the people in my city. <laughs> I'm a big, I mean, it, it, I can't compare. Yeah. Have you experienced anything in London that had made you regret coming here? Apart from the weather? No. <laughs> yeah, the first week, the last were like, oh my. <laughs> Why did we come here again? <laughs> but but that, that's it now. And, and we knew we were here, major part for the girls, for the kids. And we haven't, we haven't looked back. I mean, they love it here. They really, really, really love it here. Yeah. 
they, oh, by the way, the first week, a 15-year-old look at us like, oh, by the way, mom and dad, I know you love traveling and moving around, but if you do again, I'm going to boarding school and I'm staying here. Okay. <laughs> first week of school. Did you have any English before you arrived? So the time, the, the school weren't great, obviously, after war. So I was sent to boarding school in Kenya. That's how I learned English, actually, because I was in boarding school there. I was always educated in French before that. I did boarding school, so between my age 15 and uh, 17, I learned English uh, in school in Kenya. Then I went to university in English, and then I did all my studies in English after that. What do you do here these days? So I have a business. Uh, I have a coffee brand here. Kawa. Kawa means coffee uh, in a few languages. K-A-W-A-H. Yeah, Kawa. Kawa slash Rwanda.com. Uh, which actually all, we only work with a coffee farm in Rwanda, so it's a single source family business, uh, farm to come. We do everything from processing to roasting to packaging, and I created the brand when I started traveling around because I wanted to take a little bit of my story with me and uh, share it with the world. And also I run another business which I started a couple of months ago called Rwanda Business UK. So when I, I moved here, the first thing I like, there's a huge community of Rwandans here, obviously, which is not something I was used to. Uh, so I reached out to people and uh, asking what, what, what is everybody doing? Everybody's doing different things. People came here 20 years ago. Some people came here because they worked with the High Commission. Some people came here for various reasons, like me. Uh, and nobody really knew what everybody else was doing. And I felt it was a shame. I was like, I mean, I want to support my people. If, if somebody is an accountant, why should I? I want to work with that accountant and help that person instead of just looking around and Googling the name, right? And then I, had a, I organized a business branch uh, in June invited everybody from the community, they came and I shared my ideas, everybody was like, yeah, but now you have to build something around it, we can't just come here and tell you what we're doing and exchange business cards, we need to keep this going and growing. I was contacted also by the work, said, please do it, please do it, and I was like, okay, but I already have a business, like, yeah, but you can do it, we'll help you. <laughs> so I created Rwanda Business UK, which is basically a, a network uh, that actually connects the British and Rwandan businesses, professionals and, and uh, investors here but the, the aim behind it is to see to help the people interested in investing in Rwanda facilitate them give them information connect them to the right people in Rwanda and vice versa people in Rwanda that want to invest here or people from the Rwandan diaspora here that want to do business here but I don't know how to start because it can be lonely I mean I've been an entrepreneur my whole life it, it, they just don't know they have the means they, they want to do it but they know how to start even talking to the young ones uh, that want to become entrepreneurs. Yeah, so that, that's what the business is. Do you think you would be the same person if you were living in your country of origin? No, no definitely not, because traveling opens your mind, definitely. I see things here that I can actually do in Rwanda that don't exist in Rwanda. Say, when uh, our coffee brand, our family coffee brand in, in Rwanda offers one product, I came here, I was like, but people actually love cups of pods. Started making pods. Uh, the branding is different. Knowing to actually uh, put a story behind your brand because I've, I've learned that people actually buy the story more than they actually buy the, the, the product. In Rwanda, we don't think about it because everybody knows. I mean, <laughs> we're in Rwanda. Um, just different way to market my products, to to engage with people, to actually have the, the will to go to corporate and and try to get a contract with them. I would have never done it before. Never.
what's good about this city. I think I said it before, the, the fact that it's cosmopolitan. As my daughter said, nobody looks at you differently because you just blend in. There's so many people from different places of the world, even if they're British, but they're originally from different places. You don't have that look that you, you would get in other countries, even even in Italy. I mean, my, my, my husband and children are Italian, as I said before, but even when we go, my husband was born there, his family is there, uh, they still look at him because he's, his mom is Italian, blonde, his dad was Burundian, pitch dark. <laughs> so, yeah, but people still look at them differently. Like they see my mother-in-law with my daughters and they ask her, oh, you've adopted these two little girls. And we're in 2023, where you would never get this. I mean, I think you'll never get this in, in London. I think, yeah? So, yeah, but we love Italy. <laughs> It's, you know, and this is one of the reasons we didn't want to move back. Not, not with the girls that we have at home. Don't go crazy. We know better because we are adults. But I don't think my daughters have coped for not even three months. What isn't good about this city? I think women are not represented in the business scene. Whereas in Rwanda, six, I think the in Rwanda, already in the government, 63% of the people in the government are women. So women are really empowered in Rwanda, women and girls. And it's one of the, the biggest things we have. Whereas here, it's not, I mean, I don't see it that way. No, not at all. There's always something good that comes out of uh, situations like we had, like because they had to rebuild the country from, from zero, from ashes, you could actually set new rules and make them work. Whereas here, it's an, it's an old uh, country, uh, things, will, can only move the certain base. Right? In Rwanda, we, we built everything. Everything. So I, and I have two daughters. So for me to actually have to always be like, girls, you can do this. Girls, they see a girl, they'll choose a girl over a boy. It's that bad. It's actually bad. <laughs> two, two kids will go for a student uh, loan or whatever. Ah, oh, there's a girl and two boys, and we'll take the girl. Exactly. <laughs> But, uh, but that's why the country works. Often people say because it's led the majority by women, that's why it works. So we're happy. <laughs> women know better. And women, uh, they know how to manage. Yeah. What do you like doing in London? I'm a gym addict. I'm often at the gym. You'll find me when I'm free, I'm at the gym. Uh, the girl, one is an athlete, she's a gymnast. She does rhythmic gymnastics. So she takes up all of, most of our weekends because she has 12 hours of training in the week. So that she keeps us busy, but, but that's her hobby. That's what she loves, the 12-year-old. The 10-year-old is at an age when she wants to go hang out with her friends, <laughs> go to Oxford Street, window shopping. And I think that's one of the reasons she loves London. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we do, what do we do on the weekends? It was only for them to do, we'll be on roller coasters every weekend. But I, I, thank God there's not many in the, in the UK. <laughs> So we lived in Singapore and Dubai, it was every weekend. <laughs> now I'm like, there's no, I mean, I, I really wanted to take you, but <laughs> look, there's like one, and we've done it. <laughs> Saturdays is when we go out, either for lunch or dinner with the family. Sunday, one goes to gymnastics with her dad, and I take the other one to church with me, and then we go a bit of shopping, and then we go home. So it's very chilled and uh, yeah, easy. Is there anything about the city that you miss when you're not here? Not yet, but I'm here most of the time. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs>
Where can you get the best Rwandese uh, Congolese food in London? Congolese, uh, there's a place in Abana, uh, I can't remember the name, I saw it on, on Instagram and I loved it. Uh, it's Mayfair. Unfortunately, there's no Rwandese restaurant of food here, so um, it's, it's very sad. Rwandans don't have the best food, <laughs> I would say, in, over, in the whole of Africa. We are good at everything else. Food is not a... no. No, it's not, it's not part of our... It's, like, it's not a rich part of our culture at all. Rwanda, we have beans, uh, the green bananas, peas, lot of rice, beef. But you can't compare Congolese food. Congolese food is amazing. There's cassava, cassava as the leaf and also as the, um, the wheat, made by mixed wheat, the, the flour from cassava. There's, uh, oh, there's so many different things. I want curries, so many different things. You're a mayor for the day. What would you change? I want to see more women everywhere in the government, CEOs, companies. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Again, because I have two daughters, that's, I want them to aspire to that as possible. Yes, definitely. 100%. And that's it for this episode of I Came to London. Join us again next time for more stories from the people who make London.